0: It's great to see each and every one of you back today. I trust that you've had a, a great day uh, spending time with family and enjoying this, uh, this time of year and, and this special day. I want to mention something I failed to mention this morning. I meant to, uh, to push that. Uh, but that's our work day I know it was mentioned in announcements but uh, I want to encourage you to think about our work day coming up on the last Saturday of this month the 29th of April uh, it's a work day typically these uh, we say hey, all men if you can be here be here but this is a work day that's for everybody any age if you can push a vacuum cleaner or dust or run a paintbrush or uh, mow grass whatever rake right? any of that kind of stuff if you can do that um, there, are, there will be things that you can do and so we want to encourage you to come and be a part of that work day and of course i um, would thank you for mentioning uh, in your prayer about our fifth sunday with keith parker i want to just continue to encourage you to be a part of that uh, to plan to be here to invite someone there are uh, flyers in the lobby that you can take and and share with your friends and neighbors uh, it will be a great day and i hope that you make you're making plans to be here uh, to hear brother keith parker As Bradley mentioned, we're going to think about the word Christian tonight. You've probably been labeled all your life, haven't you? Maybe it's because of you've been labeled by the way that you look. Maybe you've been labeled by the clothes that you wear. Uh, Maybe you've been labeled by the people that uh, uh, the group that you hang around. Uh, Maybe it is because you've been labeled because of your political. Persuasion, or maybe you've been labeled by the uh, recreation activities, the pastimes that that you enjoy. Some labels that we have are embarrassing. We'd rather remove those, wouldn't we? But then there are other labels that we have, and that we enjoy those, and, and we look forward to being labeled those things. Uh, Somewhere the name or the label "veteran." And that might be a, a, a title, or a name, or a label that people are honored by and appreciate. But then there's other labels that maybe you wish no you wish no no one knew. Uh, maybe you wish uh, no one would label you by that particular term. Some strive for certain labels. Uh, they, they look up and they think, if I, I'm somebody, if I could be labeled this. And they strive for that. And others, they wish they could get rid of labels. Think about the labels you want people to associate with you. How do you want people to know you? How do you want people to categorize you? What better word could there be Going to be called Christian. What better thing could be said about a person than he or she, they're one of those Christian people. It's interesting when you start looking at the word Christian, uh, the few times that it's found in the Bible, we'll mention that in a minute, uh, but the, the term Christian comes from a, a, a two, a two words, a Greek word that means anointed one, Put together with a Latin suffix that means uh, that indicates a person who is a follower or a a leader of a certain type of group. So the word Christian literally means a person who follows or belongs to Christ. Uh, The term originally was coined or penned by outsiders to identify, label, if you will. This certain group of people. This certain group of people who follow or belong to Christ. Often we label people, don't we? By associating uh, those people with, with a group are a leader and then adding a suffix to the end of that word. Uh, for, it, it may, it may um, indicate uh, who that leader is. It may indicate uh, what the teachings are of that group. Some of those examples, uh, like Martin Luther. The people who follow the teachings of Martin Luther, uh, they've added that suffix at the end and, and they're called Lutherans. Uh, the people who follow or believe in the theology of John Calvin, they call themselves Calvinists, or they're called Calvinist. Uh, think about it in the political sense. You take the word Republican, add the suffix to it, and those group those people are labeled with the term Republicans. So it's obvious then, by, by looking at this term and understanding the idea behind it and where it came from, it's obvious Uh, To us, then, to understand why those people in the New Testament, particularly in the city of Antioch, were labeled Christians. It could have just been a way that that people identified and and differentiated the people who followed Jesus from everyone else. And so they were labeled, they were given the name Christians. Uh, But the early disciples, they went everywhere talking about Jesus and, and, and saying, Jesus is the Christ. They would declare to anyone, to anyone that would listen, Jesus is the Anointed One. Jesus is the Son of David. Jesus is the King of Kings. Jesus is the Messiah. That's what these early followers did. And so, associating uh, these people, these followers, with Jesus Christ, and adding that suffix, they became identified as Christians. Generally, when we use the term Christian today, we're we're speaking in terms of of individual salvation and forgiveness, aren't we? And and that's definitely a part of it, but uh, to the early Christians... The word had much more to do with submission to the king than anything else. Submission to the kingship of Christ. The early Christians talked about the kingship of Jesus. Now we understand why people called them Christians. Because that's what they talked about. They talked about the kingship. Of Jesus, They were calling the entire world to obey Jesus Christ, uh, to reverence, to bow in reverence and bow before the Son of God, the King of kings, the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ. Many today, they want a Savior, but they don't want a King. And the Christians that we read about in Scripture, they realized that they needed Jesus to be both Savior and King. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Acts chapter 11. And for the next few minutes, we want to look at Well it's interesting that uh, as much as the term is used today uh, the term is only found three times in scripture and so we're going to look at those three uh, passages of scripture Hebrews uh, I'm sorry Acts chapter 11 Acts chapter 11 beginning in verse 21 And the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned to the Lord then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad, and encountered them all that encouraged them, all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Luke writes about how Persecution had come upon the disciples in Jerusalem. And it caused the disciples to be scattered abroad. Acts chapter 8 and verse 1. And also in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, Acts chapter 11 and verse 19. But as a result, the gospel was being shared. Because remember, these early Christians, what did they do? They talked to anyone that would listen. Do you find that interesting? Because I think about that and I think about it, it, even in my own life. Uh, today, we, we, as we go out, we interact with people and uh, we, don't, we don't want to be uh, labeled as um, odd or, yeah, you need to stay away from that person. He's a Christian. He's going to talk to you all the time. Uh, maybe, maybe as you as you want to uh, uh, sell things, you say, "Well, you know, I, I just, I, I just, I'm not a salesman. I don't want every time I come on. Well, that's that's an old salesman. They're trying to sell something. They're trying to do this or do that. And we have all these labels. Uh, but the reality uh, is, these New Testament Christians they talk to anyone who would listen about the kingship of Jesus." And so persecution arose, and they scattered abroad, and the gospel was preached. Evangelists from Cyprus and Cyrene, they taught, and a great number of people were added to the Lord, Luke says in Acts chapter 11. And then the church, they talked to Barnabas, and and they sent Barnabas down to Antioch uh, to do what Barnabas does best. Encourage the Christians. Stay faithful in the Lord. Remain with the Lord. And the Bible says because he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And that's what he desired for the people. And he encouraged the people to do so. He called his friend Saul of Tarsus. And Saul comes over and Saul helps in this work. And for a whole year, these people gathered together. Worshipping the Lord, sharing the message of Jesus, sharing the kingship, sharing through their life, sharing through their words that Jesus is king of their life. And the Bible says these people were first called, labeled, uh, identified with Christ because of what they did, because of what they taught, because of how they lived as Christians. Turn over in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 26. You remember at the end of Paul's life and at the end of towards the end of his life and at the toward the end of the book of Acts Paul had been in prison and is making his defense before King Agrippa in Caesarea in verse 22 of Acts chapter 26 Therefore having obtained help from God, to this day I stand witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that He would be the first to rise from the dead, and would proclaim light to the Jewish people. And to the Gentiles. Now, as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. For the king, before whom I also speak freely, knows these things, for I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention, since this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You almost persuade me to become a Christian. You see, King Agrippa, he was familiar with the customs and controversies and traditions of the Jews. And so Paul proceeded to tell him why he has become a Christian. And then Paul boldly states... And testifies of what he has done. And how he has submitted his life to the kingship of Jesus. Verses 22-23. through And how he has been called uh, to preach this gospel about the the death, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But also the resurrection. And how God had raised him from the dead to proclaim light to both the Jews and the Gentiles. And he pleads with King Agrippa, uh, trying to reason with him and, and encourage him to listen also to the prophets and do the same thing that Paul had done. Now imagine, imagine, you are king. You are king, and this you, but you know about these customs and these traditions and these teachings of the Jewish people. And you're a king. What do kings have? In our minds, kings have everything, right? What do they need? They have everything at their disposal. Whatever they wish. And Paul reasons with him, pleads with him, To submit kingship to Jesus. What is the king of my life? These early Christians would declare through their life, through their words, the kingship of Jesus. And whether, Paul, whether King Agrippa is making a statement or, or he's using a question, he uses the term Christian. Are you trying to persuade me to be a Christian? Can, can you, with, uh, in such little time, persuade me to be a Christian? To be a follower submitting kingship to Jesus Christ and be identified, labeled with Christ. And the final place that we find this term Christian in Scripture is in First Peter, First Peter chapter four, and only in one verse there as well. First Peter chapter four, verse sixteen. First Peter chapter four and verse sixteen. Peter writes, "Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian." Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Peter was trying to encourage the disciples who were suffering for their faith in Jesus Christ. And though you're in the midst of suffering for, for Jesus Christ, James, wouldn't he say, James says, "...count it all joy when you suffer various trials." Likely, James is talking about suffering for being a Christian. Suffering for being labeled and identified with Christ. Jesus also would give encouragement to, uh, to His followers. He said, uh, take, take heart. You're going to be persecuted for, for being identified and labeled with Me. But take heart, be encouraged, because I have overcome the world. And Peter says, listen, if you're suffering for being a Christian, do not be ashamed. Maybe these are some words of encouragement that we should encourage one another because the world is cruel. And maybe, maybe we haven't seen the type of persecution that these early Christians saw, but it could be coming. And you know as well as I do that Uh, Things in our world are not like they were 50, 60 years ago. Maybe even 20 or 30 years ago when when predominantly in our nation people claim to uh, be Christians. They claim to follow Christ. But slowly and surely that's not becoming the case. And so you and I may have the temptation to be ashamed, to be fearful. Let us share with one another the words of Peter. If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But glorify God in this matter. Maybe that's what James meant. And I've always wondered this. But maybe that's what James meant when he says, Count it all joy. When you suffer. When you suffer for Christ. Do so glorifying God. Knowing that whatever comes of my life on this earth, That because of my faith and obedience in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, being washed by the blood of Christ, because Christ is alive, He's risen, that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I've shared this illustration with you before. Maybe you'll remember it. It's reported that Alexander the Great singled out one of his soldiers who, who was accused of being a coward. What is your name, Alexander, snapped? My name is Alexander, sir, came the reply. Well, change your life or change your name, he says. Let us be encouraged tonight that if we suffer for Christ, let us glorify God that we have the opportunity because we are identified by that label, by that term, by that word, by that name. We are identified with Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world who has been risen from the grave as we talked about this morning and is alive. Let us not fear that label. Let us not fear that name Let us not fear to wear the name Christian and be associated with Jesus Christ. Tonight, it's our prayer. Have you put on the name of Christ by showing I'm ready to be delivered. I'm ready to be transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And to be buried with Jesus Christ in baptism, to rise in newness of life, knowing you've been delivered, knowing you've been transformed, and knowing through your faith and obedience in the blood of Jesus Christ, your name can be added to the Lamb's book of life. And you then can wear the name and be labeled with the name and term that identifies you with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here tonight and there's a lot of things going on in your life. The world's crazy. There's a lot of burdens that you might be carrying. What better time than with your Christian family to say, you know what, I need your prayers. I need help. I need encouragement. Maybe it is you're suffering as a Christian, and you need prayers, and you need encouragement. Maybe it is like we had in class this morning. Um, uh, there's some some decisions coming up in your life. Uh, there's, there's something that, that you need to happen so transition can be made. Maybe you need us to pray with you about that. Whatever your need is tonight, we ask that you come forward and let us assist you any way we can. As together we stand and sing.